Can I try out an accent? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Because We Can't Go On A Trip. A mini-series about a hope uh, This series comes to you because ordinarily in the month of June we would be hosting a camp in Kenya for our sponsored students. And this year because of COVID-19 we were unable to travel. Um, so instead we decided to record a podcast so that we could share the stories um, of people who have gone and me and Caleb's stories um, so that, I don't know, just the stories can all impact us in our, in our lives and um, they can, yeah, continue to be spread and, and that in this time we can reminisce and remember uh, the fact that we would normally be in Kenya. So yeah, uh, yeah Caleb. So today we are interviewing uh, Scott and Jill Hen. They have gone to Kenya several times with Hope Venture. They're, they are Hope Venture uh, day, from day ones, basically. I mean, they've been a big part of Hope Venture. So thank you for joining the show. Hello, guys. Hey, you're welcome. How's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for asking. Uh, Scott and Jill are currently, uh, this is the furthest distance between me and Caleb we've recorded. We've had Bill and Victoria with us in the studio, um, so in our room all the way to now, uh, we've expanded all the way out to Guatemala. <laughs> so how many, have you ever done the math? How many miles is it between Lincoln and where you guys are? Have you ever looked it up? Not a clue. Uh, a couple thousand, I would <laughs> Yes, I South. mean, it is drivable. You don't have to cross the ocean, but it would take a while. I mean, I guess if you've got nothing to do and you just want to hop in the car, you could get here, I don't know, eight days or so? I don't yes. know. So I think it's even less than that. Caleb's got a pretty sweet camper van, so we could just... I did, I did, did map that at one point. It's not I as far as I think the only one that has mapped it is probably Caleb. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, that'll happen someday. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We should. I made it all the way to Boston. Yeah, <laughs> the band didn't break down. <laughs> Boston's not on the way to Guatemala. That's weird. <laughs> Took a wrong turn yeah. immediately. Yeah. What happened? Is this Guatemala? Nope. So, uh, Scott and Jill, what if you? We start off the episode with you giving us a brief overview of your experience with the hope venture even like uh i mean quickly how you heard of the hope venture like first got involved yeah i'll i'll do it quick and scott can unpack it some of he wants to our i think our first hearing of the hope venture was we got invited to a valentine's day piano bar where we happened <laughs> to be sitting at a table with the cincy peterson um, and we just went on a date. I had been to India before, and so that's when I heard about it. Sorry, who went on a date? We went on a date for Valentine's Day. Oh, you that's and Scott. Oh, I thought you were talking about you and Cindy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a strange date. <laughs> that was at the table. That's true. There were like five of us at the table, so it okay. wasn't just I and Cindy. This wasn't a was this wasn't a Hope Venture event. It was like just a random. No, the Hope Venture was sponsoring. I didn't explain that very well. Uh, okay, okay, it's okay. Put together a fundraiser for India to go on a date for Valentine's Day. Oh, and this was probably eight years ago. Uh -huh. um, so that was our very first touch point, but it was maybe a year or two later that we were on a flight to India with Cincy and Caleb and a couple other people from the Hope Venture. And that was our first trip since then. Um, then I started getting involved with the Run for Hope and helped direct that for a couple years. Scott was on the board of directors. We've been to Kenya three times. And I mean, and now the you know, creative director lives at our house. So we pretty much just try to say. <laughs> that's insane. Oh, that's so much. Literally just, there's so many different places that we could go with talking about all that involvement, holy smokes, you've seen so much of the Hope Ventures. Did you know that like even that Scott was on the board? And I didn't know you were on the board, Scott. And I and I had blanked on Jill helping run the that, run for yeah, Hope. I kind of forgot about that. But yep, yep. We so office stuff too, not only the adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you have a something for the night for hope? So whatever Josh and Caleb dream up, somehow it gets built in our garage or drive <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. Something. The behind the scenes in one way or another, lifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard you had to take a uh, a team, get on top of the Jersey Mike's outside of the Shea downtown and somehow squeeze a TV through a window. We might have taken a window out <laughs> of a building that we weren't supposed to just to get a project in for the night of hope. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, and then you guys have also all three years, question mark? I'm not sure about this. Has it been all three years on your trips to Kenya that you brought your children with you as well? I mean, that's kind of a big piece of your story slash involvement in the Hope Venture, right? Yeah, so it worked out. The first year, it was just Scott and I. And then the second year, we were actually traveling as a family. And so we spent eight months total overseas. And that's when it worked out great that Jonah and Tegan were able to come with us because we came from South Africa. We're usually in the years where we'd love to have them every year, but plane tickets are just pretty expensive. Um, so they haven't come on year one and three, but on year two, when we were traveling as a family, we went from South Africa to Kenya and then traveled on to England. Uh, so they were with us for about a month in Kenya back in 2018. Mm. That's crazy. That's also, that was also my first time ever meeting you guys, I think, was our team. Our team flew in, separate from you guys, obviously. You guys were there, I want to say, a week before the team got there uh, or so. Maybe, maybe it was longer than that. Um, two weeks. Um, and so you guys were already at the house, already all settled in. So that was the first time I actually had ever officially met you guys. I think I knew who you were. I had seen you from afar. I had admired Scott uh, from afar, but never had never had uh, actually met you guys so that was kind of fun oh yeah no he's an admirable guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> um anyway so yeah so that was I mean a piece of that too was I mean seeing meeting you guys as a whole family it was great to that was my first year in Kenya so you guys were there and there were kids running around and that was the best so and now they're there with you in Guatemala as well yep yep, yep. we've been here about four months uh we don't know how long we're going to stay. Uh, it was a, originally a year contract, but um, it might be extended due to circumstances and whatnot. And we're just really enjoying being able to serve down here with, with another organization that has the Hope name in it. But, uh, <laughs> we're keeping that theme, but it's been, it's been a good full-time transition into uh, in a ministry for us. And mm -hmm. definitely the Hope Venture played a big part of that. Uh, that transition from the marketplace to going overseas once a year, um, being involved in something bigger than what we were in. And then, uh, yeah, finally, uh, about fall of last year, we got to dive into full-time ministry. So mm -hmm. that was really, been really good. It's been good to be someplace for a while. Um, yeah. I think with that same trip that we met you on, Ben, uh, being being able to go to Kenya for a whole month was it was great because I mean every camp that we put off is always just a whirlwind um, of time to just be able to slow down and, and spend mm -hmm. some time with the people that are there all the time yeah. was really good. Uh, I think even the first year I I didn't see Kenya when I went there. <laughs> it's just a blur. Campus. Yeah. The whole two weeks. Yeah. Oh, so we, yeah. we we drove in at night. And then I stayed on campus the whole week and I didn't get to go out of campus because of the big projects we were doing. And then we left in the dark. Kenya, <laughs> And I didn't see anything. But... <laughs> it's, all, it's almost like it didn't exist. It was kind of like just a time warp from like yeah. Lincoln <laughs> to, yeah. <laughs> outdoor classroom. So that's what he saw. Yeah, that was... Wait. I feel like we've we've talked on the show already with people about like the like we talked with Victoria about how Kenya is different than India, where Kenya is a lot slower paced, and we've talked to Hunter about like taking time for chai and the slow pace. But I definitely think that Scott, you've had a different experience in Kenya because we go and we have these outlandish projects that we have basically like dreamt up, or Josh is like 
dreamt up and he's like, well, Scott knows how to build stuff. So he'll probably, he'll probably get it done. And then we show up in that in time you get it done in a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always been, uh, yeah, big goals. <laughs> um, definitely set up, set up ourselves, uh, for projects to that God had to come through. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise we were toast and he's came through all of them very well. Um, mm-hmm. always, always humbles me of what can be done because every year Josh comes to me with <laughs> land that he's thought of and I smile and say, that's awesome. It sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> Then I go home and I talk to Jill and I'm like, there's no way. There's no <laughs> possible. But we have we have a month to plan it and a week to do it and the whole project should take six. <laughs> so, so like what kind of things? I don't think we've actually ever really talked about any of those projects on any of the other episodes yet. Um, what's what projects have, have those been for you, Scott? Don't mind us, we're just plugging in. Oh, computers dying. I don't know if you've noticed, listeners, but Scott and Jill are outside and the birds have been tweedly deeing in the background, which has been very nice. <laughs> Looks beautiful, but they're run into a plug-in really quick. Now we're getting yeah. a much better angle of Scott. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get personal on these calls. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, you were, you were talking about the service projects and how how there's six week projects that are somehow done in a week. Yeah, let's see. The first year's project, um, we wanted to build an outdoor, like an outdoor classroom, open air classroom for uh, on, on the campus, a place where they can gather, uh, seat about 50 people um, and 50 to 100 people, I think it started out with. And then, uh, and then, yeah, that year, well, that was, I think Josh was, I think that was his graduating year. I remember because Yeah, in architectural was, school. It was his project for architecture school. Which oh, really? Simple scale. Like, you could build an outdoor classroom with four walls and a roof, but when you're dealing with an architect who has this beautiful design in his mind and... Yeah, Josh was able to take time to use it for one of his final projects. And so this building was gorgeous. Uh, it was pretty technical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, once again, it was, a, it was a gorgeous building. But yeah, we, we sat down. I remember we sat down in, um, oh, Wendy's? <laughs> I don't, oh, I can't remember what fast food place. We sat down right outside of campus and he laid down the, the drawings to me. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it and I was like, there's, there's not one right angle on this whole building. <laughs> all, all floating air. Yeah. And very yes, modern, very modern look. Yeah, yeah, it was gorgeous. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I was, I was in. It was, you know, I mean, it was, it was good. And it's one of those things that I've always wanted, I always want to do, I guess, is like, when I'm doing a project for somebody else, like, don't, don't settle. Um, don't settle with just the bare minimum, like, go, go all out, like, give them the best that you possibly can. Um, and uh yeah like if i was doing it for myself for my family yeah um, mm-hmm. that's what i would that's what i want to do so well and scott and josh made a really cool team in that way where i'd say even when we got to kenya um like to see those two get together and you know josh would have this idea or want to do it this way and then <sighs> scott would figure out how to implement it you know how to get the right tools or how the boards or at one point we realized like in order to get these beams up in the ceiling, we had to get a truck. And so like the, I think you two guys together make a really dynamic team because it was like big picture thinking. And then also this like, okay, how do we, how do we build this with boards when none of them are the same size, you know? And so between the two of you being able to bring your levels of expertise 
uh, you were able to make some really awesome stuff. Yeah, I remember just many times there because I mean the site wasn't flat, and everything needed to be uh, everything needed to be just like just perfect because it was such a technical technical building that um that yeah it caused it caused us to take a lot slower and I remember that first year we were building it and. I was working like the reason I didn't see anything else because I was working from about five thirty six in the morning till about eight o'clock at night, and then then we had our worship time after that, which is pretty much jazzercise to <laughs> worship. Um, I remember I was so tired that trip, uh, but but yeah, just working as hard as I possibly could, um, trying to push the team. The kids there were amazing. I mean, it was high school students, uh, some of the hot, hardest working kids, um, using tools that they've never seen, but picking them up right away. And me showing them once and them understanding. Um, just gotta see so much, so much of the in intelligence that they had, so much of the potential that they had. Um, if honed and used properly um it was it was just amazing but i remember that trip the night before the last day we had to work i remember our team had to come into the house we were staying in and we thought there was no possible way we were going to get the job done um we had maybe two of the five beams up that like structures that we needed and we'd been working two one of them up and we needed four left four more to go on one day and it was an impossible feat and we finally had to realize like we just kind of had collectively we had a god moment where we had to just say like are we okay with not finishing this mm -hmm. are we okay if we fail like is god still good like do we still have purpose? Like, yeah, what are we, what are we holding our joy, our peace and our purpose in? And is this trip a failure if this building's not completed by the time we leave? Mm -hmm. um, and we just kept, we had to give it to God and be like, well, like we believe this is good no matter what. And, uh, and we all came to the grasps that we weren't going to finish it it wasn't going to get completed and then yeah the next day that's when josh and i had an idea of everything because everything was 12 feet in the air so you needed a ladder for everything and we didn't have a ladder um so we found a truck that had a rack on it and put some boards across it and built a little platform um not osha approved probably <laughs> uh, but but with that truck and then just a lot of hard work from everybody putting their hands down to the plow, like we were able to finish and we literally finished with an hour before we had to go to the airport. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and it was, it was such an impactful trip because we also needed every working day. So we'd been praying that it didn't rain. Yeah. Little did we know that they were going through a drought then. <laughs> we're praying for no rain and they're praying the whole time for rain that's how you feel like a jerk american when you're like oh well i maybe we're not praying for the right thing here yeah but then the beautiful we finished the project got the canvas roof up and literally it started pouring right as we finished and the whole drive to the airport and we had we had an hour to thank god grab our bags we we all collected into the into the building thanked god for about an hour grabbed our bags and drove to the airport and it poured the whole time and it was just personally it was just a lot of pictures of seeing god's detail yeah. his grace mm. like his love for everything mm. trusting showing up when you need him like yeah it was really good so mm -hmm. as you can tell after that first trip we were hooked and then we're like okay i guess we're lifers every time the hope venture is going <laughs> <laughs> that story i 
like it's just a legend like i've i wasn't there but i've just heard it so many times and every time i'm i've never heard a story where you hear of two conflicting prayers like happening simultaneously but then you get the resolution like that works mm. like you i've never heard that or i've never seen that portrayed so well but for you guys to be praying no rain for the Kenyans to be praying need rain and but they also want the classroom too they you know they invited you to come in and they need this this classroom is going to be awesome for uh for nasha's ministry and then you finish it and the moment you finish it and the rain comes it's like that's that's very that's mm -hmm. a very cool story yeah and then it was it was good the next year when we when we went back for the whole month like one of the benefits to that was uh just being able to have time to to work on the building again so that was one thing that i do love about going to the place multiple times is not just building a project walking away and never seeing it again mm -hmm. um, so we were able to go back the next year and, and improve it yeah you and did a lot year two yeah we put in uh concrete floors and a the, new roof yeah a different style of roof and repurpose some of the canvas to enclose it for mid walls yeah they, they they just used it for a year and they found hey these are things that could be improved and we were able to go back and improve those things um <laughs> we got camp again the next year um and it was underneath that that roof that we were able to mm -hmm. use and yeah it was just once again just god's timing and everything that it it worked with our trip um that we were already traveling that year and uh, we were able to to spend a month there perfect time two weeks before yeah i wouldn't have been able to do any of those like <laughs> additions or repairs camp is already full so we we're talking about putting on a new roof and laying concrete pavers like all that happened kind of before the bus pulled up and mm -hmm. so to have that extra time really was a gift mm -hmm. I also love one of my favorite things too is in as a team figuring out everybody packing their own bags and stuff like that and just checking three bags huge duffel bags full of uh full of electrical tools and <laughs> batteries and sawzalls and impact rails and just <laughs> literally every tool so many batteries and so i know everyone gets like two batteries in their backpack because if you have three you're gonna get in trouble so like you have to divide so, up the batteries so no one's suspicious so it's so funny we travel so, as a family jonah and tegan will have their little backpacks with like stuffed animals and legos and then usually like two dewalt batteries <laughs> <laughs> kids yep. love dewalt batteries nowadays yep. it's kind of the new thing do you, do you guys i'm thinking of like jonah and tegan being in kenya was there anything that they said any observations they had or things that they experienced that like uh stuck out to you or are i'm just kind of wondering like I'm, we're not interviewing them as well, but if they were here, you know, what, what would they, what would they say is their story from being in Kenya? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know hands down their favorite part of Kenya was getting to spend a month with Bellis and Jojo. So that's Elijah's two daughters and mm -hmm. they lived right next door. And, and I found even as I travel, like the same things that they need as kids are really like what I need as an adult too. And a lot of that is like, you don't need all your friends, but a couple good ones really go a long way. And mm -hmm. so it's been a month in Kenya where most people don't speak the same language and don't look the same. Uh, Bellis and Jojo were like their immediate best friends. And so I also remember that they had three little puppies that between puppies and friends, they spent a month like making bracelets and plays and um so that felt like a gift to just be able to and even include elijah's family into camp more like to get bellis and jojo around and they did the soccer camp with hunter mm -hmm. uh, so that was really a gift and i think it helped us even open into some of the harder conversations when they weren't quite so overwhelmed like when we mm -hmm. went to the school and we're working on the mural uh it is really overwhelming to be a five-year-old girl with blonde hair and have 30 Kenyan kids from school like encircle you, you know, mm -hmm. and just it was so different. And so 
crowding was one of the things that I knew was hard because they weren't used to when you have these kids from all sides, like wanting to touch your hair and wanting to um, touch your skin. And um, But even having Bellis and Jojo there as friends who are part American, part Kenyan to kind of walk through them with it, it was like, oh, okay, this isn't as scary. Maybe I would be overwhelmed on the playground if there were all these kids here that I didn't know. But having a friend who lives here with me makes these new things like not so scary. Um, so that I would say is probably the most overwhelming part for them. But then we also had so much fun stuff. Like we were driving one day and just saw a bunch of giraffes like in a field. And mm. I remember uh, Robinson, I think was our driver. And he's like, do you want to just like get out and see them? And so <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So we just went out in the field and like walked with the giraffes and the zebra and you know, kind of felt like a scene from Lion King. But I'm like, what kids get to do this? Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think for just like, for me, anybody, it speaks to, it speaks to anybody. I mean, it's, especially if uh, people are thinking about doing a trip like next year with either you guys or any time, like if that's, if you feel that's where God's prompting you, he will give you what you need. Mm-hmm. And, and he's always faithful with that so like the things that i need to be okay over there are different than my kids but if he's calling me and my wife there he's not god's not going to forget about our children so like everything that you were saying jill is just like just those little touches that mm-hmm. that they needed for them like mm-hmm. puppies and yeah. friends and freedom to just run and unlimited Fanta. And <laughs> That's where Jonah developed his Fanta obsession. He had an orange mustache for a solid two weeks. <laughs> just stained. Not even, it wasn't, a, you know, it just was always there. <laughs> but it's those little touches. Yeah. And like, that's, that's who we serve. So I think, I think everybody that's gone on the trip has had something happened and it's been a different thing for every one of us that has made the trip feel like special to them Mm. or the trip was it's almost like the trip was for you Mm. but well and i think of even too in that year we ended up we went to nairobi for a couple days we went back with the team when they flew out and then we ended up going back to uh narok for a week and it was so funny just walking in because we didn't know if we were going to be back or spend that whole time in Nairobi. And we got back to the guest house and Jonah and Tegan was like, ah, it's so good to be home. Uh, <laughs> like, like they were just like, oh, we're home again. Like, great. Can you call Ian to come over and play Uno? Like, <laughs> so even how quickly they're just like, you know, you spend a few weeks at a place. But I think we've all felt that. Like if you've, especially if you've gone to Kenya and then come back again, like the next year and you pull up to the house and you're like, oh man this is home like yeah you know the shower might electrocute you downstairs if you don't (laughs) like you know the like and you got to make sure to have your mosquito net tucked in just right but like I think we all have this like special attachment and Jonah and Tegan for sure had that too like to leave and come back again they're like oh it's it's good to be home Mm yeah um I guess as you guys think about Kenya, are there any any people or like stories that are still with you from people that you've interacted with there? I mean, we've already thrown out and listed a lot, but are there any more that as you thought about being on the podcast that you, you wanted should, to share or feel good? You should, you should tell me about Ian's story because I actually don't, I've like heard bits and pieces sort of, but I'd love to even just hear that one if, uh, if you're willing to share that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, it's... You want to take the reins on that one? Oof. God might cry. I might start it out. And, then, <laughs> and then if I miss anything or anything, Jill hop in. You get choked um, up. No, like, that's a special dude. Um, let's see. He was on staff. Um, for Nasha. For Nasha. And... Um, yeah, just the first year, he's a guy that's just 
the life of who, whoever he's around, um, just bringing joy, bringing laughter, bringing fun, excitement. Um, but then he can also mix in uh, just like a serious glimpse or he's not afraid to go hard and then um, he's not shallow yeah not yeah you can laugh and then have a serious conversation and then laugh again and it's just one of those one of those types of people um and yeah his story just it's it definitely has challenged me in perspective of like where your joy is and where it comes from um yeah like it's joy for so many people is so circumstantial mm -hmm. um and by his circumstances of his life like that's a guy that everybody outside would look and be like i can see why he's not joyful mm -hmm. but he is like um let's see he grew up well, I get to, I, yeah, you know. well, it's interesting, the connection. So the first time I went to Kenya wasn't actually with the Hope Venture. Um, I was there in 2010 um, for three months with a different organization. And that was honestly the first time when I really felt a call to full-time ministry, which has been an interesting journey over 10 years of seeing God unpack that. But so when I left Kenya in 2010, I found out all about, or sorry, my dates are off, 2000. 2005, not 2010. So in 2005, nope, that's wrong too. <laughs> <laughs> in between 2005 and 2010. Well, I want to be, because I'm talking about the election. So it was actually 2007. I have different trips for different dates. So in 2007 was the Kenyan elections. That's what I want to make because I left and I had been back in the U.S. for about a week. When I found out about these elections, which if you're not familiar with Kenyan history, was like terrible. It was two political parties just pretty much going against each other, which is bad anywhere. Um, but especially if you lived in the slum of Kibera, which is where Ian lived. Mm. Kibera is the largest slum in Africa. Um, people don't have running water. They don't have doors on their houses. It's next to the train tracks. It's worst case living situation. And during this election, um, there were just raiders coming in with guns and with tear gas and ruining people's houses and just killing families that were with the wrong tribe. It was political, but also in Kenya, it was also very tribal. So if you were with the wrong tribe, they would just kill your entire family. Um, so I remember 20-year-old me knew a little bit about this because I remember I came home and then these elections happened and all my friends in Kibera were like losing their homes. Well, flash forward uh, 10 years and we meet Ian and he starts telling his story about being a little boy and running away from Kibera during these elections. And um, his parents died. He was living with his grandma and at one point he was shot in the leg with an arrow, but he couldn't stop because these attackers would kill him. So he had to escape um, with an arrow in his leg to a hospital just so he wouldn't lose his life. So these were the, when we talk about intensity of the backstory of Ian's life, like he's been through some heavy and hard things, but he doesn't wear it. Like he's found joy despite his circumstances. And so it wasn't until we were back for that second year and had a little bit more time just to peel back the layers where we had dinner with Ian and said, okay, like tell us, we know you're joyful, but what's in that? Like give us deeper. And so he told us about, losing his family and leaving Kibera and um, being raised by his grandma, who is um, pretty old and just not having anything. So not having money, not having brothers and sisters, um, but not using that as an excuse to like give up. And so not only was Ian just such a good friend, but such an overcomer story of this guy who has had, had every reason to give up but he's kept, he's kept fighting and he's kept serving. And so he's been serving with Nasha now for years. And uh, through the Hope Venture, just this last year, he got one of the college scholarships. So he's, I think, 25 now, but he's just getting to go to college for the first time, which is like one of his lifelong dreams. Um, and it's awesome. And we know that like, he's just, 
like the things that Ian has went through are going to be in him like his whole life and mm-hmm. so he's not one who has given up when things got hard but it's is trying to figure out how does he better himself so that he can give back to like kids in a similar situation and that's just been super powerful for us yeah yeah he's just yeah getting to know him um just more yeah because i mean that story about the arrow like he told us and got into just detail of taking a whole night to get to a hospital because he had to he, I mean, he was 12 or 13, I think. So I, I can't imagine being a, a child and uh, how scary that would have been and having to, having to hide in a bush um, and then wait for, you know, all the people to run through that neighborhood and then run to another house across the street and hide in that bush and just, uh, yeah, the way that he just told that that story just is one that I will never forget. Um, and then just many, many hardships after hardships being younger. But uh, but yeah, just then just being able to watch his character um, in in camp when when we're uh, when we're at the the Hope Venture camps and you know we're in our small groups and I got to be a small group leader with him and uh. just to listen to the way that he 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 never talks about him himself and his own problems like you have to pry it kind of out of him mm. um, he was always concerned with the the younger kids and giving them encouragement and uh and wisdom um yeah it's just so special to see when when he play that victim card so easily and he doesn't um and he just wants to shine the light on everybody else and uh yeah just one that strangely he's never asked for anything from us except for our friendship and that's that's rare when you travel the seas or overseas and stuff um just being american a lot of times people people ask for more than than you can give and he's he's never asked for anything and uh and just trusted in God with his with his needs and uh yeah it's just been really neat to watch him just yeah just go to go to college i mean yeah being 25 finally getting to go to college yeah. i mean and then just being so happy and enthusiastic to be there and mm-hmm. i think that's one thing for, with all the kids all the kids there like how much they fight to go to school yeah and how much a lot of the people kids that we know fight to not go to school (laughs) it's it's a you just realize when you're given something and you're just entitled to it like how much it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. when you're not entitled to something and you don't think you're going to get it like how much you want it mm-hmm. and all the kids there are so hungry for school mm-hmm. so hungry for education um but yeah. yeah like he just sends us videos a lot um and he's of him in college and he's in a bunch of different like singing groups and band groups and he's got his guitar and he's just working so diligently on getting better at that and um, getting involved in school politics because he wants to change the atmosphere around school for the better. And uh, yeah, just, yeah, just really special dude that that's, that's just who he is. He's trying to change the people around him and the situations around him for the better. Even though, even though he's, he's a person that should get a pass, like, and, and having to do that. So. Mm. Yeah, he's a cool dude. So how did he, like, between when he fled Kibera, uh, how did he end up, like, on Nasha's staff? Do you know that? Good old Elijah. Like, I think, I mean, when you talk about humility, Elijah is definitely one of those dudes who, like, knows everyone. I mean, I know I've been in a 
car with both of you guys and Nash is, or not, not Elijah's in the front seat and you just stop because you're like, oh, you know, this guy, oh, he's, he's getting <laughs> you. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can fit six more people in this car. Sure. <laughs> and um, I think Elijah's just really aware of especially disadvantaged kids. And yeah. so Ian was one of those disadvantaged kids. He moved to Nairobi because that's where his grandma lived. And okay. I'm pretty sure his grandma had a hard time paying for his school fees, like uh-huh. even younger. And so um, she was able to be in touch with Elijah. And that's where the relationship started, where I think he saw that this was a kid who maybe didn't have very good resources or opportunities. And they stayed in touch. And so um, Ian wasn't in our high school program because he's yeah. a little bit and so he had already finished high school but he was one where I think he just stuck around because of the relationship him and Elijah had and Elijah's really been like a mentor in his life and so he started working for Nasha after high school as a way to like volunteer like to work and give back but I think it was also that mentorship where Elijah was really investing in him and his like spiritual growth to help him become the man he is today. Mm-hmm. That's really sweet. I feel like the the friendship that you guys have with Ian is something that inspires me just in a way that there's connection beyond uh, beyond a moment, beyond like a one camp, one trip experience. Like it's a – watching you guys go overseas and meet someone, I know it's not just like a mm-hmm. – you meet them and you leave them. It's they all of a sudden like become – a friend. I love that you said like he only asked for friendship. Like, and, of course, and you guys will give friendship. Like, that's mm-hmm. something you want to do. Like, even we just had a run for hope that was uh, like online because of COVID uh, locking down everything. So everyone was running virtually, and Ian ran in the run for hope from Kenya. It was like uh, taking a video of himself running in Kenya. Like, that's just. And I feel like that's, I've noticed you guys kind of lead out on saying like, regardless of space and time change and like relationships and friendships matter. Mm. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, I, that's definitely something I struggle with doing. I'm not very good at, you know, I download WhatsApp and share my WhatsApp number with students over there, or leaders over there like Ian or Rafa or some of the sponsored students and I do a very bad job at checking and responding like on a consistent basis. And Scott's experienced that when Scott and I tried to hang out. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love you. I didn't mean to, uh, <laughs> but I just really appreciate that about you guys that you stay connected and you continue to, I don't know, stay in contact with people and friendships around the world. And I know I'm assuming you're not perfect and there's probably people that, you know, I'm sure that's not easy and I'm sure it's not always a hundred percent, but also I, I just admire that about you from afar from what I've noticed that me and you're talking to Ian still and he's like family almost. And from, you know, seeing you guys your third year come back and he wasn't, he wasn't going to be there. I mean, he wasn't a sponsored student. He wasn't, he wasn't on, on NASHA staff all the way, but he, he came and showed up and you guys treated him like he was family. And I just thought that was really cool to see your guys' bond with him and the connection you maintain with him. So I'd love to hear like, so when you share Ian's story, I, I think, wow, like the, I mean, you said he had a hard story and then you went into a very like um, vivid experience of hardship like that, the uh, him fleeing from Kibera and I think that's how it is with a lot of our students is like, you, you know, there's something like underneath there, but then when you hear it, it's like, Oh my gosh, like, wow, this is like way harder than I could have imagined. But like with Ian's story, you, you asked him, you sat down and you're like, how do you have joy when with like your story? Like what has led to this joy? Um, how does that like, do you, do you like feel like you can learn from his story and find us that kind of joy like by hearing him tell a story like I think of my own and I'm like I've never fled from uh Kibera you know I that story is not the same story as mine but I want to be the like I want to 
be able to have joy in the midst of suffering. And I don't know what, like I've had suffering in certain forms and I know it'll I'll continue to have some and it may get worse, you know, than it's been in the past, but like how, how do you hear from someone's story and then like learn that before it like maybe even is your story or what does that look like for you guys? It's a great question. I mean, yeah, like a story like that is just, like you said, I, I've never been through something like that. I don't know. It's the whole purpose of why we're supposed to serve. Like the the very nature of serving is serving somebody that's that's disenfranchised or has it harder than you, or life's just not been quite as fair to them as it has been for you, for you to be able to serve. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't, you don't really serve people that are better off than you mm-hmm. uh, cause they, they don't need it. Right. Um, so b- by doing so it's, it's constantly humbling me. Um, cause I look at a situation like Ian and I'm like, I don't know hardship like that. I don't, I can't even comprehend hardship like that. I don't understand it down to the very fabric of, of the smallest piece. Like, that one night is a picture of his whole life. Mm. Like it's just not a one and done thing. Mm. Um, so it just makes me realize like how thankful I am, how thankful I am and how thankful I should be for my life. Uh. Um, and like any problems I had that I thought I had before, like disappear after you hear a story like that Hmm. like it's very hard for me to be like man i I really wish they put more spice in this food while i'm here like that's (laughs) my problem (laughs) like it 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 shows you i don't know if you guys cut out there oh we did a little bit repeat, repeat that thought Okay, like, uh, it just makes me realize, like, how small and insignificant a lot of my problems are. Um, like, I wish they put more spices in the food here. Like, mm. you hear that story, and you're like, man, I don't have any real problems. Mm. Um, it takes the focus off of me. Um, Do you, so, oh, yeah, go for it. I was going to say, like, we, the – when you brought up the service part at the beginning there, I feel like, um, like, do you think that that element, this, the, the learning the story with through service is a like part of how that, that story can produce that gratitude, like in contrast to hearing that story from like the comfort of your couch, like as we listen to this podcast, like, is there something about like, where where Ian finds joy in his in the midst of hardships, you you find joy while serving and entering into that hardship. Is that kind of how that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, as as I think we're all finding out now, um, and even doing this chat over video, like it is very different to sit across somebody and to look them in the eye and feel the energy or like the little mannerisms that you can't watch on um on on a tv or in a podcast or like there's something very intimate about sitting with somebody and hearing them speak of their life um which once you get when you're serving because once again the focus is not on you so Mm my natural tendencies is to ask them about them and not uh. tell them about me. Um, that just seems weirdly arrogant to do. Uh, yeah. So you, it's, but that's also like one thing that we've had to decide over traveling and meeting many different people is like getting to know people that we know we're only going to physically be with for a very short period of time. And yeah. like mm-hmm. leaving pieces of our heart with them and like the goodbyes suck 
Like they do. Like we cry every single time. Like, and we've said goodbyes a lot in our travels. And it's because I'm leaving a piece of my heart with them. Like, but it's always better. The other alternative is to just not give yourself away. And that's when you become cold and jaded and you think of only yourself. Um, so like it was, it's a choice that we had to make early on. Like we're going to love these people. Like we're going to be here for ever. And like, but then knowing even this year, we don't get to go to Kenya, mm -hmm. but I know deep down in my heart that Ian's going to be in my life for the rest of my life. <laughs> there's, there's only a choice of mine to shut him out. Mm. Um, it's my actions that will do that if I choose. So like, we don't get to see him this year, but like someday he'll get married and we'll be able to see him. Like, <laughs> someday he'll have kids and we'll be able to see them. Like it's, long-term love mm -hmm. I like, guess sort of like short-term yeah like, he, he was telling me that uh the ratio in his college classes are like 23 girls to three <laughs> two, two guys in the class so uh he was pretty excited about that yeah I've, I've heard his odds are fairly, fairly uh good for him there <laughs> so hopefully sooner rather than later for getting over back up right <laughs> Back in all of his classmates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he told me that he had to really focus on his studies because it was going to be easy to get distracted. So, <laughs> Jill, does that, does that give you any thoughts about that? I know Caleb and I were talking and talking about, you know, we're like bringing these stories with us. And I like what Scott said about like leaving a piece of you behind just as much as you're bringing a piece of them with you. I don't know. Does that give you any thoughts as you think about your history of traveling going all the way back to what were we saying 2007 2005 <laughs> it was 2007 I got that yeah. right yeah. Uh, no yeah I think it made me think of I I agree with what Scott said for sure in it when you sit down with someone who's experienced hard that's different it is really humbling because it makes you think like man I haven't ever been through something like that my counter is that even the hard that you have been through, it's worth sharing because mm -hmm. we are so much more connected in our hard than just like, especially I think when you go to serve, it can be easy to want to feel like you're the one who has it together. And if that's in your spiritual life or your personal life, or like, you want to be like, I know what I'm doing. So let me help you. Mm -hmm. um, but you miss so much vulnerability. And uh -huh. so like what I've found, and if that's, you know, from leading small groups in Kenya or one-on-one -on -one sitting with Ian, I might be like, you know what? I have no idea what that feels like, but your dad died. Hey, my dad died too. And that mm -hmm. sucks. And, or it's like being able to share your heart. And it's like, I know my heart is different, but this is the biggest thing that I've ever gone through in my life. And like, and when you trust somebody with that, it leads to really intimate conversations and then you get really real friendships and I think you don't have to stay in the hard like you don't need to get stuck talking about the worst things that have happened in your life but if you're able to be vulnerable and transparent um mm -hmm. I think that builds a bond that when you're dancing and worship together and playing on the keyboards and cracking eggs on each other's heads like there's a level of depth where you're like, oh, this is hilarious and we can do this, but I know who you are because of the things that have made you. And I think it's really important mm -hmm. to know, even as Americans, like I've never been in war like that, but like I have hard that's mm -hmm. on me to share. And that mm -hmm. takes vulnerable because if I only ever hear your story, then it does kind of feel like you're taking. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to take it with me and I'll take it and tell it. But I think mm -hmm. that part of leaving ourselves is like, oh, here's my heart. Like, mm -hmm. oh, here's, here's what I don't have figured out yet. Like, mm -hmm. I know you think that we come from this country where we have all this money and we're all put together, 
but like these are the things that I'm really struggling with and I'm still trying to understand why God works in this way and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of humanity in that to be able to say like yeah me too like mm-hmm. I've had those same struggles and so um yeah to just hearing about other people's pain is a really humbling experience especially when people live on dirt floors and go without meals and can't afford to go to school um but as an encouragement i would say like but still share the heart is that has shaped your life because you're gonna connect even when you don't think that you will like you're gonna form a relationship there that's way deeper than just talking about the good parts of your life Mm. Mm. (laughs) that's That's hard really well said yeah (laughs) seriously it's not a competition scott um that's why you're that's that's why you're married you go better together (laughs) no what scott said was great too yeah that's true (laughs) oh yeah better guys jill would never have gotten there if if i wouldn't have ever gotten there if uh if you hadn't said what you said it made me think more this is a mutual a mutual a mutual conversation we're all creating something this conversation is creating itself (laughs) how much more would come out if you guys just i mean i'm not inviting you into our marriage but out there if it wasn't for you guys so it's beautiful (laughs) thanks for sharing that guys i i love you like i love that you guys are like whenever i think of you i think of both of you and that's great for me that speaking of which speaking into that it's like i can't think of scott without thinking of jill i can't think of jill without thinking of scott and, and your children and i don't know i think that's fun and we miss you here in lincoln a lot um do you guys maybe as we close up here um do you want to share maybe ways that that we can be thinking of you or or praying for you or having you on our hearts or um down in guatemala what are you guys up to and and what ways can we partner with you and and what's going on um yeah we're we're serving down here uh full-time with another organization based out of austin texas um and uh yeah we're just right now with COVID and everything we're doing a lot of meal packing um meal deliveries uh supporting um yeah just people of need and hungry people uh, in surrounding villages of our campus um which is going going great uh we've been able to do um do a lot of a lot of good things with the meal packing but uh yeah, for us, just as a campus down here, just making sure that we stay safe. Um, not only that we don't get uh, get sick or anything, but our biggest worry is getting somebody else sick. Um, that that would be that would be very detrimental to all of us um, to know that responsibility of a, a meal we packed uh, wasn't clean. So uh, prayers in that way, just making sure that everything we do gets uh, sanitized very well, <laughs> if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, we're, we're also, my, my role down here is building houses. Uh, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I'm spear pointing, got a couple projects coming up for a few families. Um, so yeah, those go smoothly um, that I'm able to complete the houses and get everything done that it doesn't get shut down by, local regulations and things like that due to the pandemic um i also went to a trampoline park three months ago down here um in the port city a four-year-old's birthday party and uh might have been doing a backflip 360 into a foam pit and uh landed on my ankle wrong and broke it (laughs) oh no it says might. This really happened. Yeah. This so, is a- <laughs> so I'm true story. I'm still battling that of trying to walk with normalcy and uh, no no rehab or anything down here. Everything shut down. So yeah. yeah personal note. I, I'd love to be able to run around like a kid again. <laughs> so yeah, healing on that part for me. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, and I'd probably just throw in, Scott touched on a lot of good points on the practical, like this is what we're doing and this is where we're at. And um, I think going off of our conversation, I would love prayers for that relational side too. Um, the just as those, you know, friends like Ian uh, that you don't really know when they're coming, um, but those relationships that really impact you and you have an impact on them. And I would just love prayers for more relationships like that in Guatemala. Um, it's interesting that wherever you go, you never know how much of a language barrier there's going to be. And where we are at in Guatemala, uh, English is not a really common thing. And so just even, I feel like I should know Spanish from that one year I took it in high school. Uh, but it can feel, um, language can be a barrier for sure. And so between us being able to speak, um, better Spanish, but a re other thing is, is just praying that God can do more than language barriers, um, that those relationships, um, are established and that we can invest in regardless of how many words we know or how good our, um, pronunciation is. And so, uh, yeah, we really, when we chose to stay down here, uh, instead of come home when COVID hit hard, we're just praying that God uses our time well. It looks a little different because things are shut down. Um, so it's hard to plan what the next couple of months are going to hold. Uh, so we're just really trusting that God's got something in store and that, yeah, he uses our family here um, just in the lives of the people around us. Mm -hmm. Heck yeah. We'll definitely be thinking about that and praying about that. Um, sorry, I kind of jumped into that question, and I didn't know if you had any thoughts. I didn't even ask you. Did you have any other thoughts? No, I think that's. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm wishing if there's anyone listening to this podcast that is meeting Scott and Jill right now through the sound of their voice. Uh, I just. I. I feel like they need to know you guys because your your life, everything that you said in this podcast, is lived out in your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So there's no words that are disconnected from the actual actions that you guys are taking. Uh, so maybe I, maybe we just need to connect them to uh, your like your blog or your Instagram or something so they can just follow along with you guys and meet you and I don't know because yeah. I, I think it's a good thing to watch you guys live. Mm -hmm. Come find us. Scott will do nothing on social media ever. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to see his pretty face. That's true. Uh, but we do have a I mean, I'm on Instagram and I'm trying to share stories. I do a lot of photography down here. And so um, the Hen Adventures is where I share the most of what we're doing, um, like out in the communities here. Um, I can also just, I mean, a selfish prayer. I know nobody made it to Kenya this year, but I'm still trying to talk with God how we are on the 2021 team where we're still going to be living in Guatemala, but hey, like, that doesn't mean that we can't fly from Gu Guatemala to Nairobi. So, I mean, if anybody wants to meet us, uh, just sign up for the 2021 trip and pray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we met then. Let's go. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, what does that make me think of? You were just saying that, that, Oh, I don't know. There's that you guys have so many more stories than we could have ever wrapped up into this. And I'm bummed that I know there's more stories and I want to ask you about them. Um, but I don't know if I don't, we have time on this episode, but there's just, uh, I mean, there's so many stories and you guys have so many people that you've met along the way. And I guess that's just what happens whenever you live a life that is relational and giving, like you guys were talking about. Um, there's just like so many profound relationships and people you've met along the way in all of your stories. And so I'm bummed that we can't talk about more of them, but also, uh, yeah, like you were saying, Jill, come to Kenya next year. <laughs> they, they might be able to, to meet you and talk with you and, also, I don't even know if they need to come on a trip to feel like they know you because within 10 minutes of running into you at, at Walmart, you'll feel like you're <laughs> like you're deep friends with both of you. And yeah. um, Jill will be sharing her heart and you will be sharing yours as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, by the door being like, can we leave Walmart yeah. now? <laughs> yeah, but please. But I'm gonna, I don't know how to end this. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, well, we love and appreciate you guys and miss you bunches and I'm so glad we got to see you and catch up a little bit. It's like, like we were saying, it's partially for people listening, but also kind of for me and Caleb too. So it was great to see you and 
man, we miss you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah, like they said, maybe we'll throw a link in the show notes. Uh, the Hen the Hen Adventures on Instagram and um, just seeing stories there and yeah, do a little Instagram creep, no problem. Do you have a Do you have an open profile? Do you have to follow? Do you have to get approved to follow you? Is it just open? Can I just oh perfect. Come on in. <laughs> well, perfect. Everybody just go creep on Insta and uh, you're in on the story. So, <laughs> well, guys, thanks for being on. Um, to you listening, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see. You, we'll see you on the next, the next, uh, the next episode. All right.